today I have Omi on and she is also a mama of many children and I'm so excited to welcome her to the show because it has been a long time coming. We've been DMing and texting for years now just about how crazy our life experience has been raising toddlers and teenagers and two under two and all of that. So welcome to the show, Oni. Thank you so much. So tell me about yourself currently in this moment. I want to know, I know how old your children are now because we just talked about it, but what is your family like? Yes. So my name is Oni. I have, I have birthed two children. They are three years old and one year old, both boys. And then my husband has a 20 year old, a 17 year old, 15 and 13 year old, all boys, one girl. Oh my gosh. So you have a full house just like me. Yes. With so you have three teenagers that are living in the house. Yes. <laughs> they are oh gosh. <laughs> and they do their own laundry. Oh, that's so funny. I just love the way that we can connect having children, having our partnership relationships and all these different dynamics that are so much in alignment and the midwifery school aspect too, even though both of us, you know, aren't exactly practicing because of our family love <laughs> yeah. additionally what brought us together and what we really really was the yoga right yeah I mean we met like what was it 2011 2012 like practicing yoga at divinity mm -hmm. and then I had Leela and I think like you were one of her first babysitters I remember that and she called you Yoni yes 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 <laughs> Yeah, so it's been like 10 years, and now we went through midwifery apprenticeships, pretty much both in the Bay Area, you know, very similar kind of apprenticeship experiences, and mm -hmm. same school even. We both went to the Midwives College of Utah. Right, right. And yeah, and now here we are, taking a little break. <laughs> Who knows how long of a break, but... <laughs> One day when we do go back, we're going to be wise. Like, oh, so wise. We're so freaking wise. <laughs> and I'm not missing, I do not miss being on call, honestly. Oh my gosh, me either. <laughs> it's, no. It's a hard break, but it's, you know, I do not miss that one bit. <laughs> I know. I, I can't. I mean, I, I feel like my body just needed a break too. Mm -hmm. from all those years of being on call and awake all night oh my gosh but you know when you have kids you're up all night too but it's not the same you know when you're a mom and you're working as a midwife you leave your kids and there's like this guilt and you never know if you're going to miss like a birthday or a special event so it's nice to take a break shout out midwives <laughs> working their magic Yes, exactly. I'm so grateful to the midwives holding it down out there so we can <laughs> hold down our family dynamics. So I would love to know, like, when, so your, your partner, husband, what is his name? Andre. Andre. How did you guys meet? And what was your reaction when you found out that he had teenagers and not just like one, but like four? <laughs> Three, three, yeah, that's a three, four, yeah, you know, four real life children. Yeah. We have a super magical how we came to meet story. I won't get it in, I won't get into it all. Um, but really it was because I bought, um, for those um, there who don't know, Organites are these pretty much like crystal, um, he would explain it so much better than me. Um, energy protecting devices. So I bought one from him and then the rest is how we ended up here. And at the time he wasn't living with his children. So 
they were raised here in the U.S. Then they went to Zanzibar for, I think, eight years to live they, with their mom. Um, and so when we met, they weren't living with him. You know, our lives weren't all coming together at once when we met. Oh, okay. So it was gradual. Yes. So uh, what happened? We met, we were together. Then I had my first son. And then I think when he was about one, the children came back to the U.S. and we all are living together. And then I had my second son after they moved here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, so like instant family. So what was my reaction? Because they were living in a whole other country, you know, it wasn't um it didn't impact our relationship, you know, very much at all. Yeah. So yeah, that was even interesting how we were able to meet kind of as single people and then you know, in a sh very short, you know, um, maybe three year amount of time merge into this giant family. Yeah, but I mean, that's still extremely quick in like three years to go from no kids to six kids. <laughs> it's really surreal. <laughs> no, it seriously is. I, I mean, it's astonishing, really. Like, I look around when all my kids are in the house in the same room and I'm just like, I'm responsible for all this. I'm the matriarch now. What? Right. <laughs> I get this feeling of, you know, there's a lot of people here. <laughs> and even when I'm cooking dinner every night, I have to count, you know, okay, how many people am I cooking for? And it takes a while to count. <laughs> yeah. And like with the teenagers, I'm like, are you coming home to eat or are you going to stay out at your friend's house? Like how much do I have to make? Cause they always like, don't tell me. And then they're like, Oh, there's no food for me. I'm like, well, you can cook. You should have told me. All the meticulous planning that goes into it is crazy. And you know, I grew up just me and my sister. And so it's just so much more simple and there's so much I'm having to learn, obviously being in this new world. Yeah. And what were the teenagers' reactions and, like, how did they embrace you when they met you? Like, was it, like, a rough transition or did they automatically love you? Like, how was it when they met you and mm -hmm. realized that, that you were going to be, like, a mother figure and having their siblings? <laughs> right, right. I am so extremely grateful for them welcoming me. And for their upbringing being so open and so loving that they were able to, you know, really easily accept me as just more extended family. Because in Zanzibar, they lived in a, like a giant apartment complex just filled with their family and, you know, grew up with aunties and uncles and traveling here, traveling there. Um, and their mother has a really, I love their mother so much. That's another part. You know, all these things really have to be in alignment for everything to really work out. Um, she's really wonderful. She has a really wonderful husband that they were living with in Zanzibar. And so when we met, they were just really open to the idea of me and it made it really easy actually oh well that's beautiful and have you met their mother like in person like do you, have you gone to go to Zanzibar and <laughs> check it out our going to Zanzibar story is a whole other thing we lost thousands of dollars we had planned this trip to go this past summer and then we all ended up getting COVID and the children's so it was a whole thing of getting my baby's passports oh, man. <laughs> Oh, my God, the passports. <laughs> New our passports. And then we get to the airport and the children's passports expired within six months of us leaving the country. Even though we would have been back, we were only going for a month. So we couldn't board the plane. Oh, my gosh. It was a whole thing. But she has come here to visit quite a few times. We went to D.C. to visit Andre's parents, and she came um, with the children. That's when we first met. 
and then she's come to this house in California and um, it's so rare to find a situation where, you know, somebody's ex-wife <laughs> can come into the home, you know, where her children are, but just, it's, you know, we're all just living, flowing really harmoniously together. Yeah, that's super rare. I mean, that's amazing. Even even her mother comes to visit. She just left a couple weeks ago. Wow. <laughs> comes to the home, stays with us, and it's all just family. Well, that's just like a sign of like a really loving family, right? Like if you love your children and you want to support them, like that's how you act when you are in a blended family, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it too is just choosing partners really wisely, you know, just the personality traits, um, people who are understanding like that and are open and, um, you know, don't hold grudges and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. That's important. So question, what has been the biggest like conflict between yourself and your husband in this dynamic? Like, is it many different things that come up or is it like the same conflict that expresses itself in different ways? And then how do you move through it? Like when it comes up, when it comes to like parenting and, you know, cause it's very physical work right now that we're in. Right. The dishes, the laundry, the cooking, the cleaning, the driving, like, oh my gosh, it's so much. So like, what is the thing right now in the last couple of years from raising the kids that becomes the conflict? And then how do you move through it and work with it? <laughs> We've talked about this a little bit, but <laughs> it's a practice. Where to begin? Um... Okay, so I'll begin with <laughs> by saying that a lot of the things are very stereotypical because I am a housewife right now. <laughs> you know, all the things that come with that title, it's very stereotypical in our dynamic. And so <sighs> the points of conflict... <laughs> the ditches... <laughs> It definitely comes around the chores, and we've definitely had to, first of all, get the older children to really help out and really do their duties around the house, which is a whole journey in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> Teaching them how to do things properly, getting them motivated. Who feels it knows it. Um. And then, you know, just really claiming uh, my need for rest. And it goes along with so much about what you speak about all the time. Um, claiming the need for rest and just owning to it, sticking to it, having to really plan it out and have it be honored all of that yeah you know I was thinking about that today is like when I actually say that I need to rest and I go do it it's like it's almost like in my head it's more difficult to ask for rest and I get all like all this resistance like oh I need to go rest and he's not gonna let me but in reality when I just go to him and I'm like hey I'm gonna go lay down for 30 minutes it's not a big deal <laughs> it's just me being like I have to do all the things. But then when I just like go do it, it's, it doesn't matter. He like doesn't care. Yes. I feel that so strongly. That's a big lesson. You know, I'm still learning and I'm still harnessing my power in, um, even for this podcast, you know, I'm like, okay, so <laughs> I'm going to go for an hour, maybe an hour and a half. <laughs> He's like, okay, great. You know, we're here making a fire. It's really wholesome. He was cooking dinner with the children. I'm like, okay, are you sure I can go? You know? Yeah. I totally connect to what you just said. And 
so much of the letting go too is um, being like, you know, what are they going to eat when I'm not around? Or what are they going to be doing when I'm not around? Um, it's a lot of that letting go process to get the rest as well. Oh, yeah, totally. Because I'm a control freak. <laughs> and like, he'll try to feed the babies like cookies for dinner. <laughs> But, you know, sometimes if that means that I get a bath, then at least I know they're homemade cookies and they're, like, healthy, right? Right, right. I connect to that so much. It's just, you know, letting go of a little bit to receive so much. Yes. That's been, like, the lesson of this mothering (laughs) journey the last two years. Right. Right. Oh, my gosh. But I know even the baby now knows how to say candy. Oh my gosh, my two-year-old can because her older sister taught her, but the little one not so much. (laughs) Yeah, and we can't be perfect. So yeah, letting go of all of that. And that is the lesson of motherhood is complete freaking surrender. And it's just such a practice, you know? It's like, you think you got it one day and then got another lesson to learn it all slips away (laughs) yeah how do you get the teenagers to help and to also like I feel like just from seeing like what you share online it seems like you have a really strong like community family culture like everybody has like a strong sense of family right except when I'm home alone for most of the day (laughs) except for when you're home alone with the two babies But then they all come home at night around six o'clock and they want to party and you're like exhausted. Is that what happens? (laughs) So on point. Yeah, that's exactly what happens to me. I'm home alone all day and I'm like, I'm so lonely. And then at night, like the teenagers will bring their friends over and dad wants to hang out. And I'm just like, I'm going to go lay down. (laughs) You guys have fun. (laughs) (laughs) But it seems like what I was getting at was like, with teenagers, I feel like they're more likely to pitch in with the family, with the chores and stuff, like when they have that really strong sense of family. And it seems like you really have cultivated that. So do you think that is why they help? Or do you have some secret tricks? I mean, you have boys. So like, I have girls. It's a whole different. (laughs) I mean, maybe it's not. Maybe they're the same. Oh my gosh, I do not have any tricks except the wisdom of, okay, so Lulu, our girl, (laughs) the the beautiful daughter who is so sweet, she's, she's the stereotypical, you know, really good grades, really caring, really considerate, um, just naturally really great with the children even though she's strict with them I love it she's like an old grandma with the children (laughs) oh that's great but so loving (laughs) um she is just naturally really helpful and if I ask her to do something she'll do it quickly she won't really she won't say anything about it she'll just do it (laughs) I'm just like god bless her soul that's amazing (laughs) Um, but all, okay, so the children group in Zanzibar, they also had a pretty strict Muslim upbringing, really, Mm -hmm. you know, diligent, focused, it really instilled in them really beautiful qualities. And like I shared before, just their overall upbringing got them, um, really used to, uh, being a part of a village. Yeah. So... That really helps me out, (laughs) meeting them, asking them to do things. They have this respect for, or at least had, (laughs) this respect for authority that I do not recognize with children who were grown and raised in the U.S. And it really makes Uh me- Oh, it just cut. Oh, no. Me? Yeah, it just cut out for a minute. You said they have this respect for authority- Yes. Oh, I didn't. Well, yeah, for authority or just for adults that children who were raised in the U.S., I don't recognize them having. Yeah. So that even makes me question where I want to raise my children. Right. 
Um, because then I've seen too how coming here they've lost a lot of that. Yeah, because it's all about the self identity outside of the family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Very little positive role models. All of that. <laughs> and pop culture and the music and the fashion and the. <laughs> Let me start. Oh my gosh! So Jabu, the boy. <laughs> <laughs> they would join. <laughs> because they're so you know um it really explains a lot about them in our family dynamics girl and the boy <laughs> javu played with football and i've gone to a couple of his games and the things that i've seen and heard at these games i'm like this is what you're exposed to all day long at school like this is so oh it's not wholesome <laughs> But, you know, I think about it. I went to regular public school, too, and we made it out okay. So, oh. <laughs> but it's changed. I mean, I went to public school, too, in Florida. And it, I just feel like it was so much more innocent back then, like, before social media. Social media, definitely. I mean, we know how destructive it is. And when you're raising teenagers, you really recognize it. Yeah. I mean... Oh, I wanted to ask you, what is the dynamic in your household with phones and screen time? And how do you deal with boundaries with that, with the kids? Okay, so the babies. <laughs> the babies. It's pretty much, you know, I'll play music during the day um, on the TV, but nothing moving on the screen. Um. And then they get about three hours of screen time in the evening. <clears throat> That's And even that was a thing with me and Andre having to figure out our parenting boundaries with it. But I, we have a nice arrangement now. <laughs> yeah, you figured it out. <laughs> and then the older children, um, most of the time they're on birth, I mean, on no, they're on break now. Most of the time they're at school, you know, I don't even see them, especially if they have sports till like late in the evening, maybe six o'clock. Yeah. But they're really most of the time just kind of in their rooms, probably on their phones. Um, you know, and then I trust that they go to sleep at some point, <laughs> but they do have their devices. And we've definitely, you know, if I see them eating with their phones, I'll be like, you know, you look like a zombie or... <laughs> look like a zombie, yeah. Maybe you could just eat or, you know, if they're going into the bathroom with their phone. Like, yeah, the bathroom phone thing. I'm like, what? <laughs> I can kind of get it if you want to listen to music, but why? <laughs> <laughs> what if it's like secretly recording you too? Because you know they have cameras and it's like... Oh my! All of that, and I already know. <laughs> I already know. I see Jabu showing off his football muscles. <laughs> so he shows us the pictures. I'm like, I don't want to know what else you're taking pictures of. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, it's a it's a thing. The social media with the kids, with the girls, it's scary. Right. And it just takes a lot of conversation, you know, talking about everything, all of life, talking about how corrupt the media is and how, you know, I'm even telling my um, babies from now, everything you see on TV, none of it's real. It's all fake, you know, yeah. and forcing that with the teenagers, too, because that's where they get. It's so toxic. That's where they get so much information. So many ideas is from this Internet world. Yeah, it's so different. Um, the screen time thing is that's how it is in my house too like they'll be in their rooms on their phones scrolling TikTok or Snapchatting which I still like I downloaded it once just to like see what it was and I could not even figure out how to operate it so <laughs> you're like this is really old <laughs> but yeah that's the part about parenting um, the teenagers that is like really like sad for me because I feel like I don't have control and you don't have control as a parent anyways but right. then when they have a phone that's like pulling their attention away and brainwashing them in so many ways with like the TikTok crap it's just 
it's hard yeah oh i feel all of that yeah but i try to choose my battles too because you don't want to control them you know because then they just want to rebel and like do it more right (laughs) right and it's yeah it's just a constant 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 maintaining of that balance yeah and also like connecting with them too it's like I have girls so I feel like it's pretty easy to connect on like you know we're we're both girls it's all like easy but I can't imagine like teenage boys you just be like hey guys what are you doing what do you want to do what do you guys talk about like how do you connect it's really it's it is really different because Lulu and I, you know, our cycles are synced up. We talk about our cycles and, you know, we cry with each other. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then with the boys. So, you know, firstly, it's um, remembering that they're not like us in the way that they don't need to connect in that way to feel connected. <laughs> yeah. You know? to cry together to bond and build relationship um so with them it's a lot more joking or um you know even me learning how to get into sports <laughs> you know finding out <laughs> to connect on that level so I'm like oh okay you know I still don't know anything about football really but I learned a lot about basketball <laughs> this past year <laughs> um so yeah that's really how I connect more with the boys oh my gosh I can't even imagine having boys (laughs) no it's different it's It's probably really I don't know like I would love to raise a boy because I feel like it's your chance to like raise a really good man you know Mm, I love that you shared that and like the world needs really good men and I feel like you're going to do a fantastic job at that. Thank you. We're trying. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel like right now too, there's so many parents who really care about being conscious parents and raising good kids and not just like doing their best and we'll see how it turns out, you know? So I, I have some hope for this generation, even though there's, TikTok and all that I feel like the parents who are raising the teenagers right now like they they really care and I feel like these kids are gonna they're gonna change the world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I feel that so much of the consciousness is just communicating with them and you know both really listening to them as well you know not putting our standards and ideals on them and just hearing what they're saying how they're feeling And, you know, really questioning them a lot. Why do you think that? Why did you do that? What do you think is going to happen if you do that? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, getting them to really just think. (laughs) Yeah, critically. Like, what did you think was going to happen when you did that dumb thing? (laughs) Again. (laughs) Yeah, and it's also, like, for me, my teenage girls are so like they're so beautiful right and they look so much older than they are Mm -hmm. and it's so difficult to it's so easy I mean to forget that their brain development like they're really still children you Mm -hmm. know like my younger one is 15 about to be 16 and she looks like she's 20 right and she has her whole life that she just goes off with her friends and does her stuff but it's like she's still a child and she's still like not able to make good choices. Sometimes she needs guidance and it's just such a big job we have. (laughs) Like it's so big, like holding it all down. It's massive. And you're so right. When they look older, I, I really, really expect them. I have to work really hard on breaking out of that, expecting them to act older just because they look and take up space like they're older yeah exactly (laughs) they're just older than me (laughs) right right (laughs) yeah that's the thing um I really want to also talk about what 
your life looks like at home with the two babies and like how you've navigated all of that because it's one thing just to have like one baby right and then have a bunch of older kids but we did not stop at one (laughs) (laughs) went with the flow and um had two under two Mm-hmm. beautiful children beautiful babies toddlers and teenagers and yeah like I'm personally home alone with them from about 7 seven thirty until about you know 5 30 at the earliest and or you know seven at the latest so that's like a full day um, yeah. how do you do your life right now and what is helping you the most questions have been so wonderful right now okay so being that it's winter now it's really shifted everything for the worst (laughs) because sunshine really helps me out a lot in so many ways um yes me too and now it's cold and I literally you know, don't feel like moving, let alone leaving the house. So <laughs> when I can really brave it, you know, we'll go outside, we'll go to the park. We have a backyard. I just hate the cold. So what I've kind of been leaning on a little bit is um, when the children, because they're not really doing sports right now. So when they come home from school, and that's the crazy thing, too. It's like every couple of weeks, the whole schedule changes. Yes. Yeah. No, even right now they're on winter break, so I'm like, okay, it's a little different. But normally, once they come home from school, they'll take the children to the park for a couple hours. That's really nice. That really helps out. Um, and they take the bus too, so that really helps as well. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that helps. You know, everything is a give and take, pros and cons, because. Even though the bus is only a couple dollars each way, it's three children. So weekly, monthly, it's a lot just for the bus. And it should be free because they're going to school. Yeah. So that's my PSA about. <laughs> there's no there's no bus down there because my, my children's school doesn't have a bus either down here. You know, Watsonville is a little more rural, but I live in a really urban environment. Like, there should be school buses, but yeah, <laughs> there's a bus, so let me just be grateful for that. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I'm okay. So we're staying inside a lot because it's cold. The children take them to the park, um, but I'm also kind of stuck at home, stuck at home a lot too because. The boys, a couple weeks ago, decided to um, steal the car. They don't have permits. They don't have licenses. And they crashed it into a neighbor's car. So my husband's car that they stole still isn't repaired. So he's been taking my car to work. So I'm kind of like literally stuck at home. (laughs) You're literally stuck at home. And I'm curious, what was... Because my teenager also got in a car accident two uh, weeks ago. Um, maybe there was something going on. <laughs> what the hell? Um, what was the repercussion for stealing dad's car and crashing it? So, you know, they might not be able to, well, the one driving might not be able to get his license. Yeah. Until he's a lot older. So that's a big punishment in and of itself. Um, so it was okay. It was definitely longer than a couple weeks ago that this happened because uh, now that I'm thinking of the timeline, oh my gosh, we had so many discussions with them. You know, their father talked to them. I talked to them. We talked to them. They talked to their mother extensively over the phone because she's still in Zanzibar. Um, and they just had to do everything around the house, all the chores, you know, no more sports. Um, one of them had to miss his championship games. Well, they both had to actually. Um, 
and yeah, just doing everything around the house, really helping out, taking care of the babies, all of that. Um, so natural consequences and like taking on more responsibility. Yes. Sounds and, about right. So then the silver lining of it is that it's really deepened our relationship and our connection because we've talked a lot and, you know, in the conversations, it's not, um, you know, it's what them, you know, guiding them through the choices that they're making, the repercussions, the bigger impacts, um, you know, and just really teaching them at, that as you're growing into adults, you have to give more than what you take. Children take. And once somebody is older, they start giving more to the household. Yes. Exactly. All of those values. <laughs> that is exactly it. It's like there's this tipping point into becoming an adult where you stop just taking and taking and you start not because anyone's telling you to, but because you have this intrinsic just sense of goodness. That's what you do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what you got to instill. And that is like, that's the gold. That is parenting gold. Right. <laughs> yes. Um. So that, okay. So that was a silver lining is that our connection really deepened and it's really matured them in a lot of ways. I really, you know, have been tangibly able to recognize how they're a lot more mature now. And they haven't given us any attitude about anything <laughs> in a really long time, you know? Yeah. Something they're like, oh, sure. They're more helpful their room is super clean um they're just really respectful not mumbling things under their breath or uh, you know just those damn attitude looks that makes me want to slap their faces <laughs> no more of that yeah well silver linings so <laughs> that's why you're stuck at home because the car is in the shop <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, that's kind of what our day. Okay, so while we're inside, we build forts. I just got more into the preschool learning aspect of life. My son recently turned three, so it seemed like an appropriate time to incorporate some flashcards into our day. Um, lots of books. Um, you know, just running around. I'm like, what do I do? Having them actually, you really inspired me um, from that book you were reading uh, when it was talking about how children who are kind of fussy acting up just need more tasks to do. So really yes. help. I was going to ask you if you've read that because what you were saying was straight out of that book, Hunt, Gather, Parent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> read what you shared <laughs> but um you know have been implementing it like okay you really have to clean up your mess um we're really gonna do this together and when they're so young they're excited to help out too um and i have really noticed it making a really positive impact on our day um, when they're doing things like dishes and sweeping and um even sometimes i'll just give them a baby wipe and they'll just be like wiping the windows <laughs> wiping the yeah they love wiping things and spraying things <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing a lot of at home stuff just doing the mom thing how are you incorporating like rest and just time for your own mental space into that like almost 12 hour long day Right. I don't think I'm doing a super good job. <laughs> You're doing a good job. <laughs> I'm doing a good job at making the time for rest. Yeah. And really honoring it. Oh, what have I been doing? Because uh, it's interesting. I've felt myself get a lot kind of lighter mentally over the past month or so but I can't 
exactly pinpoint anything that's changed or anything that I've done per se, you mm-hmm. know? Um, we were talking about this the other day, microdosing really helps. Yes. <laughs> I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> Especially when I'm feeling super stuck in the house. And I'm a Sagittarius, pretty true to the heart. Like I love going out, being out. I love going on trips with the children. Um, we love, you know, we're in California. There's so many great nature spots. The Discovery Museums are amazing. I love all of that. So <laughs> when I can't do all of that, the microdosing really brings in the inward adventure aspect to it all. Yeah, it's so helpful. It just makes like parenting easier. It just makes it lighter and like less pressure and some more mental space is what I found. Mm-hmm. I also smoke a lot of cannabis. <laughs> yeah, mother's helper. There's times for that too. <laughs> um, and then more, or not even more emotionally, but emotionally also a couple months ago, Andre and I started relationship counseling and that helped out big time. Just being able to, you know, express on even ground what both of us are feeling, uh, <laughs> obviously, because <laughs> it's therapy. Um, you know, looking into childhood and seeing why we feel the way that we feel about things, how we love to be loved, how we feel honored, what our goals are, and really reinforcing and remembering that our goals are so similar always um, really, really helped us out. And so I think just, or no, I know for a fact that just that aspect of our relationship really, really helped ease the burden of parenting because when you're mad at your partner and you low-key feel like a single mom at the house all day, it really puts so much strain on the relationship. Yes. And we could talk so much more about everything I just said, but. Oh, I know. Like the relationship dynamic when you're in such a complicated big family is a whole nother, a whole nother episode. Like, how do you make time for sex? And like, when you do have sex, what do you do if the baby's screaming at you and he wants to keep going? <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. Okay. So I would love to have a whole sex episode. I would love that. Let's do it. I'm down. You know, I'm down. <laughs> So much to say and I don't really um you know I have a whatsapp mama's group but other than that and I don't share too much in there and so you know I just I'm excited to talk about these things because I rarely get the opportunity to yeah and that's why I made a podcast because I feel like there's so much information and there's so many people on social media who are sharing about motherhood but the people who are like truly in the trenches right now who are just like in it you don't really hear those voices as much you know so I wanted to like make this space and create a platform for us because definitely and podcasts are so much more in depth oh on social media you get a minute of (laughs) somebody sharing and it's really not um personable in the same way yeah exactly and podcasts are like really accessible for moms you know like I usually have something going whether it's an audiobook or a podcast when I'm home like folding laundry and stuff just because I love learning (laughs) I love like hearing people's stories and it makes me feel like more creative and inspired and elevated you know yes I was gonna share that too that really helps me throughout the day is just having music playing yeah a lot um I play a lot of meditation music even and just having it in the background works wonders <laughs> for the yeah. children too. They, they love it. Yes. Yeah. Being at home with babies. Oh my goodness. You're doing the thing. <laughs> we're doing the thing. Is there anything we're coming up almost on an hour. Um, I would love to hear about your, cause even though, what I love about you is like, even though you're holding it down with so many kids, like you still made this whole online, like parent support 
network and you also have an online birth class, right? Yes, I will send you the link to include in the video childbirth class. I have the natural parent network. I do prenatal and postpartum care since I enjoy being off call so much, no births. Um, and I also do graphic design. Um, yeah, all of that I'm super passionate about along with being a mommy. Oh my gosh. So your childbirth education class, is it like a video format? Is it like live? Like what kind of, and I know, you know, we both had home births, so obviously the content is amazing <laughs> and we're both like midwives so I'm sure it's phenomenal what and what is it called like the title of it um just Oni's childbirth class Oni's childbirth class I love it we'll take it it's like Barry's boot camp in LA it's like you don't even need to make it fancy you just put your name on it right super descriptive title <laughs> oh my gosh it's one-on-one uh, -on -one sessions on Zoom, they're normally just about two hours. And that seems, it's a very short amount of time, but I always feel that, well, I always allow as much time as is needed. And it always seems to be enough time to talk about everything. And I don't go into, there's a lot more to share if someone is wanting to learn about all the potential hospital interventions and what the side effects are, you know, and all of that. But my class is about empowering families, letting them know how to go through the phases of labor. I talk about um, the etymology, uh, hormones in the body, how they work. And the focus is really about providing all of the empowerment aspects so that people are, you know, fully have faith in their capabilities to birth um not by themselves but from their own selves yes with that their is great or by themselves if that's what they're planning yeah free birth home birth whatever birth i mean yes <laughs> whatever you want to call it oh my gosh that's a whole other episode i love i know we have like a sex Sorry. episode we have like a birth episode oh my gosh I loved your birth stories, like both of them. Like, I really want to hear like more details just about both of them. Cause I just feel like they're so deep and like juicy. Like I can't even like, and they're so different too. They're so, I, I, ne I would have never imagined that births could have been more different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, and they were both at home, you know, like, like I get like being different if you have like one in the hospital and then one at home, but you had like two radically different home births, like this fully empowered birth. home birth. Baby daddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. I would love, I would absolutely love to share. <laughs> Let's like, do it. <laughs> All right. Any last, um, words of wisdom or anything you want to touch on regarding being the matriarch of a large blended family of toddlers and teenagers? Right. I know we could go on forever, but in this moment, it was just such a great pleasure to share. You know, like I said, I rarely get the opportunity to, and it was so nice even to just have this time to myself. <laughs> to right. <chat. laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, making the time after the children are asleep. And I look forward to our sex episode and our birth episode in the future. I am so ready. I mean, I can make you my co-host. Like, I mean, we could go so many ways with this. I'm so happy to finally have had this conversation like live in live time, not just like messaging across the ethers you know it's because it's so rare to even find people who can connect because the age gap is so wide you know people who have teenagers don't have small children <laughs> yes yeah and then sometimes they do but it's not like a blended family either because like that dynamic's different because sometimes it's like 
you know, you have to figure out your place in a way that if you were the biological mother of children of that age, like you wouldn't have to really navigate the way that we have, you know? Yeah, it's totally different. And I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, I'm loving it too. I would not have it any other way. And you know, it has been such a blessing. I will also say to be taking this time off because I could not have operated as a midwife, apprentice midwife, whatever you want to call it, in the political um, dynamic of the last two years, I would have, I would have not been able to be a happy person during that. So, our other podcast episode, <laughs> yes, the medical freedom podcast. <laughs> oh my, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. So it's just been such a blessing, you know, like God, Creator, whatever, like worked it out in such a brilliant design you know, for both of us with our families and just the way that it all came together. And I'm so grateful. I'm right. so grateful that we're still connected. And to everyone listening, I would love to hear what you guys have to say. If you also are in a similar dynamic and you're a mom of many children in a blended family, please comment and rate and review on iTunes. And this has been the Mother Well Podcast.